0: Welcome to your well-being podcast, brought to you by the Mind Body Spirit Festival. Today, my wonderful guest is Janavi Harrison. Raised in an environment of Buckley, Janavi is a writer, beautiful musician, and artist who channels her creative expression into self-realization and service. She's trained in Western and South Indian classical dance, music, writing, and the visual arts. Genevieve was presented with the Youth Achievement Award at the UK House of Lords for bringing upliftment to society through sacred music, and her debut album is called Like a River to the Sea. She writes regularly about spirituality and the arts for bodies like Thurbar, Pulse, Songlines and BBC Radio. Thank you, Genevieve, for joining us today in Mortimer House for our podcast. Pleasure. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, we're excited to speak to you today as well. Um, for those of our listeners who might not know, Genevieve, can you tell us a bit about your background and how you came specifically to Kirtan music?
1: Yes. Um, so I grew up at a temple community um, just outside of London. Um, it's called Bhaktivedanta Manor. Mm. And um, it's a really beautiful uh, mock Tudor mansion with 80 acres of grounds a lake and a yeah. school and, um, and basically similar. yeah you've been there yeah yes. yeah so my parents were living in um, the ashram there uh, from the 70s onwards and I so think. by the time we they got married and we kids came along we were very much just born into that fabric of that community yeah and we went to school there so um kirtan you know mantras studying um sacred texts was part of our Daily, just our daily routine, and so I grew up with it, and yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. It was a wonderful start to life, especially with parents that have been involved with it for a long time. Yeah. and
0: growing in that space, mm-hmm. so a very natural, natural transition and upbringing for you. Yeah, um, I have been to the Bhaktivedanta Manor. It's also known as the Escon Temple yes. in North London. Yeah, I know that over the last. I was going to say two to three decades, but may Mm -hmm. even have been longer than that. It's grown from, you know, that country house that you Mm. described with a driveway, because I remember coming up to it when it was like that, to a sprawling estate, an incredible acreage. It's got the gold sheller, the cow shed. Um, Most people find even house extensions and having their houses redecorated quite disruptive. (laughs) So how is it growing up there while there was such huge development taking
1: place over so many years whilst you were growing up? Oh, that's such an interesting question. No one's ever asked me that before. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing actually to see it. You know, when I was growing up, especially... um, you know, you were mentioning earlier that you've been to the Janmashtami Festival, yeah. which is our biggest of the year. Now we get about 80,000 people yes, coming. It's incredible. And when I was growing up, um, I think it would be we just had it on the front lawn and it would be, yeah. you know, probably 500 to 1000 people. Yes, a few yes. a few folding tables set up yeah. and one marquee. And yeah, now it's just this incredibly detailed, complex operation that mm. they prepare for all year. And as you say, the, the, the grounds have expanded, they've just opened a new, um, whole new structure called the Haveli, which um, is now like an, an event space. Mm. It allows thousands more people to come there and gather. Mm. So although, you know, that in some ways it takes away from it feeling like this small family space where there's just <laughs> a small kind of community of people, um, I think for me it's wonderful, it's incredible to see it flower like that, and, and to see so many people come mm. from all over the world to, yeah. to really become uplifted by being there. So many people um, drive down the, the road and um, say, you know, as soon as I turn down into the drive, I just immediately feel uplifted, yeah. and it's such a spiritual yeah. um, atmosphere, so it's wonderful.
0: Yeah, so it's so wonderful that that's what you grew up with, and yeah. that's, that's what you grew up in, and... Yeah. From that environment, from that upbringing, of course, it was in the U K, but it was still, yeah. you know, a community-based upbringing yeah. to mainstream education and culture because you did go to mainstream mm-hmm. university and study something like that. So, yeah.
1: so how was that? Um. Yeah, it was. It was pretty difficult for me. I was a quite shy and sensitive child, mm-hmm. and um, I was basically in this this bubble, you know, till I was about nine years old of just right. the temple community, yes. and I didn't really have to confront the fact that. Um, to the outside world, uh, to be you know, you know, for all intents and purposes Hindu mm-hmm. and and be white skin and not you know not fitting like the typical image. Um, I didn't really have to speak to that uh, with anybody very yeah. much. Um, and and also just you know just the culture was what we is what we knew. We 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 studied um the Bhagavad Gita. You know we we sang together. We ate meals together and. Yeah, to go into regular... I went into primary school when I was 10 and it was an extreme culture shock. Outside um, of the temple. Outside of the right. temple, yeah. Just just for the last year of primary school because mm-hmm. my parents thought before secondary you should just get a bit used to, okay. you know, just how it is, you yeah. know, with a smaller class and then you get to the big secondary school experience. So I'd say I had a pretty rocky experience throughout my teens. I changed schools several times, not for any reason, other reason than just, I think socially I was trying to... I was trying to find how I could be there but be myself and speak about my background and Mm -hmm. at that time things like even being vegetarian were not very yes, common you know people yeah, would be like what yeah. are you eating and you know yeah. um so being shy I was I just found that kind of mortifying in retrospect it really wasn't that bad but at the time <laughs> yeah. I was like no I don't want to go to school you know no, of course. Um, but by the time I got to university age I think you know that's usually the age where being different becomes cool and you're like <laughs> actually it's cool to have a name like Janavi, and yeah. you know tell people about it and stuff so Amazing. it was it was mixed okay mixed, yeah. so
0: it wasn't just this explosion when you got to university of, of it, no, it was it, your no, I had a bit of, of a transition. Yes. Yeah, yeah, nice. And with that journey, you already mentioned this thing of you know perhaps being Hindu with white skin mm-hmm. or having been raised in a slightly different way to yeah. others. And I won't say mainstream society, but I feel like it's become mainstream society now, so yeah. it's less it's yeah. less of a different thing. So I'm talking yeah. about mainstream society then. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the most common assumption or misconception people have or had about you? Mm,
1: I think people would see like if you had a different kind of name, all oh, your parents must be hippies or right. um, Were they? No, they weren't actually. <laughs> they weren't. Maybe my mom was a little bit of a hippie before she became, <laughs> you know, joined the the Hare Krishna movement. My dad was never a hippie. Um he joined the, he joined the movement when he was 17, mm-hmm. straight out of he just left school and um he was already practicing yoga mm-hmm. and studying different teachings, and he mm. just you know got right into it. so yeah, I think hippies or just just that you're just weird, you know that's <laughs> sort of like anyone that's different is weird. Yeah. Um, my My dad's family um, are you know have a Methodist Christian background. Oh, okay. My mum's come from a Jewish background, so also um, with extended families, you know it took them many years to also kind of understand and embrace the path that my parents had taken and so we as children also were a little bit on that journey with them because when we would visit family members sometimes Mm. it felt quite awkward to have to talk about it or tell them about it but it's it's a lot better now and so yeah it's journey of self-discovery <laughs>
0: yeah and a, yeah. almost like a journey of many lifetimes within one lifetime I would you're say so, to so yeah. Many, yeah so many things mm-hmm. and so many different cultures within that definitely you know, that definitely. you that you find your your identity within yeah um one exciting thing that you do quite regularly is that you feature on the BBC Radio 2 and Radio 4 yeah. a few times yeah. that you were mentioning earlier what have you usually brought to these platforms that hasn't been approached before
1: well um I guess interestingly, I was I was approached because um, I think they're they're always struggling for Hindu voices apparently. Really? Um, yeah, they say that this that's what they say they struggle to find, uh, they struggle to find people. Uh, maybe you're someone who should be <laughs> on there, um, but um, yeah, I I was approached uh, for that, and I so I think you know they try to be representative of mm. diff- different faith traditions, and whilst I don't always identify with the, the label of Hindu because it, that's a very broad term yes. um, but it's been lovely to bring um, some sacred teachings um, of the Bhagavad Gita or things about mantra meditation, about yoga mm. um, into that space and beyond that I just really appreciate that Anna, um, you know a, such a historic body as the BBC, yes. that there's a space for spiritual messages and religious programming in them, mm. in a mainstream program. Mm. So I do um, a pause for thought on the Breakfast show, um, which is with Zoe Ball now. And that's, that, it's just amazing, you know, that just for three minutes you can talk about something that's a bit deeper. It's, yes, it I sort see. of feels, I, I used, when I first started doing it, I thought, isn't this just a bit clunky? Because, you know, it's like all, you know, just sort of pop culture, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's, you're saying something about god or something it just yeah. seems like are people just going to switch off the radio and you know maybe some do but i find that the challenge of trying to share something that is relevant and that doesn't just kind of come in like a you know like a ton of bricks or something yeah. in the midst of something very light i like that challenge as a, as a yeah. communicator and yeah. Um, yeah it's it's very stimulating well i remember
0: it. before school there would always be this section where someone would be sharing a story or something yeah. maybe from, from thought, biblical, for so thought, for day, thought for the day yes yeah so often it was based with biblical stories mm-hmm. or some messaging or some story mm-hmm. and I loved that because mm. I've, of course well I suppose there's no of course about it but I've also had a very spiritual upbringing yeah with that as well and this thing of being being a Hindu being vegetarian but also being part of you know mainstream Western yeah. culture as well so I think in a way it's actually very very beautiful that now we're not just looking towards um the texts or the scriptures that would be more associated with in the West, and we're bringing yeah. more of that, and that's yeah. great that they brought you in. You yeah. said that you um, struggle with them using the term Hindu, but earlier you defined yourself as a Hindu. So what's yeah, like it's, that It's it's complicated. <laughs> well,
1: Hindu is um. So if somebody asks me, you know, what religion are you? Mm-hmm. Hindu is an easy answer because it's easy for people to understand a little bit of that label. At Mm. least they understand, okay, it's something sort of originating from India. (laughs) If they know anything, it's like maybe the Vedas. Mm. Maybe if they know that. Um, But I think uh, to some who have a little bit more knowledge about, about... what we would call Hinduism, the term Hindu was not, is not mentioned anywhere in no, the Vedas it's, and it's n- yeah. it was sort, sort of a prescribed of, title in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it sort of it encompasses um, different lineages um, which are, um, you know, have a commonality that they follow uh, the teachings of the Vedas, mm. but um, each tradition is based on lineage which is um, coming from, you know, a specific teacher or guru and, and then in the, that lineage of teachers, as they pass down their teachings, the, there are um, varying philosophies. Um, and so it's actually quite broad, the sort of world of what people will call Hinduism. Yes. So sometimes it seems such a vague term that to me, to say Hindu, it's like, <laughs> what does that actually mean? So if people know something else, I might say Hare Krishna. Um, uh, Do you
0: say Vaishnava ever?
1: I, Vaishnav is the most accurate, but right. it's the most, I would say, unknown to people. Oh, and really? So I, I, that's my impression. Yeah, okay. So I usually don't say that unless I think somebody's going to know <laughs> right. what that means. Otherwise, okay. it's just a lot more explanation. Yeah, um, but yeah it's, it's interesting. I use different things at different times. I try to, try yeah. to go with what I think is going to be easy, quickest to identify for someone. And that yeah.
0: shows that you've grown up in an environment where that has been normal, but then also trying to communicate that to other people is yeah. also been normal. So that's a feature of, of your adult life as well, yeah. then, being able to not diplomatically put it, but just say it in a way that um, other people can understand and, and relate to you Absolutely. as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, these days, um, you know, the more that the, the term yoga is understood, mm. which of course the, the, the Sanskrit term yoga means to that which connects and connects us ultimately with God. So I speak about bhakti yoga yes, a lot because yes. bhakti, of course, is not um, mm. is not bound to any one religion mm, or, um, mm, you mm. know, specific kind of container. Yeah. It's about uh, devotion to God. So, well,
0: it was yeah. perfect that you mentioned that because it's actually my next question here. You know, we know that, and some of our listeners might know that bhakti yoga is described in the text as yeah. the path of devotion. yes um and is one of the pillars and parts of yoga yeah. can you tell our listeners what that means um for them who might not know what it is but also what it means to you specifically because yeah. I know bhakti yoga is a huge part of the Hare Krishna ovation of ISKCON tradition yes
1: yes bhakti yoga is 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 the essence of what it is yes. we're trying to do so so yoga is um yoga is active yoga is making the connection bhakti is devotion so the idea is that uh, you know each of us um are eternal being sparks of divinity and Mm. that as a spark the spark has a relationship to the fire so that we always have that eternal relationship and when we disconnect from that relationship Mm. we ultimately are not in our in our element you know Mm. we will feel that we'll feel that disconnection very deeply Mm. and you try to um, uh, meet that uh, or kind of remedy that by so many ways but ultimately it doesn't address that that deepest disconnection which is disconnection from from God Mm. so um, bhakti is about uh, offering devotion and it's about remembering the relationship that is already there that's eternal Mm. so uh, uh, bhakti yoga is also as I say active so it um, has there's many different ways of performing that yoga Mm. Um, so one might might hear from sacred texts or chant or meditate or Mm. um, cook food with love Mm. and then offer it Mm. in a little Mm. ritual um, so for me, for me, it um, involves all of those things. It's yeah. really a lifestyle, yes. and it's one that I've been um, raised to practice as being interwoven with all, you know yes. every aspect of daily life, yeah. which is sometimes yeah, challenging. Um, yeah? and just only in that, it's not challenging, it's it's lovely. But it's just—it's um, a practice. It's a practice. You have yes. to keep practicing, and you have to keep reminding yourself. Yeah. You don't—you don't take a day off because it's just—you just want to be that way all yeah. the time. Yeah,
0: and it becomes who you are. Really. Yeah, so of then, course. Then life can become an expression of who you are, yes. as opposed to an an action of of something
1: that you're trying to achieve. Yes. It's
0: more of an expressive.
1: Definitely, expressive but oil. it does require some effort sometimes because oh, the sort of the. I think of it sometimes as swimming upstream because the the, the current of the world, the way things are going, mm-hmm. the, the sort of mainstream culture pushes you towards more self focus um, rather than focusing mm, yeah. on service and directing my um, you know love and, and energy towards serving someone else. Mm. So it's you have to you have to be a little conscious of that (laughs) yeah
0: in the name of uh service yeah you um can you tell us about the start of kirtan london oh yeah and what you wanted to achieve with this growing movement and do you still participate in those events and can people still come and see you at those events or is that not something that you're performing at so much anymore tell us about that
1: yeah so about seven years ago um i had been very active in the states Uh, i was sort of for about two three years um really part of a what was sort of a burgeoning enthusiasm in uh, for kirtan amidst the western yoga sort of scene, which was, mm. was growing a lot in the States, as always seems to be a little bit ahead of, of Europe. I don't know if you would say it's the same now, but at the time there was so much kirtan going on. Mm. And so I was taking part in that. For me, it was very eye-opening, um, coming from england and always thinking that you know something people would kind of think is a bit like what's that or a yeah, bit weird and, yeah. and i was realizing wow there's so many people who love to take part in this and so after that after i'd spent that time i i came back to london and i thought it just doesn't seem to be i think there were there were little things going on but it didn't seem to be that much um happening i'm not mm-hmm. definitely not any kind of unified organized things and I also found that people would ask me personally to do a lot of stuff and I thought well surely I can't be the (laughs) one person who's doing everything everywhere and I knew I had so many um friends who were who grew up like me with this tradition and who were so um talented and able and I thought well let's start um like a collective and just to encourage everyone to get out there and spread this more in different types of environments Mm. across London whether it be at universities, mm. whether it be in schools, we've done, um, you know, school assemblies. Uh, we've did, we did for a year and a half, we worked in a mental health um, unit for people with um, wow. personality disorders right. and things like that. Yeah, and um, then we have lots of regular events, retreats. Mm. So I was, I was part of the founding team and um, worked closely with the team for about six years. These days I travel a lot more so mm-hmm. I'm less, I'm just less actively involved but I'm still still on the WhatsApp group. Oh, <laughs> I yes. still keep tabs <laughs> on everything that's going on but um, no there's <laughs> such an incredible team and um, I love, I love what they're doing. It's it's growing more and more and as much as I can I do try to participate still in in all the events that take place.
0: That's so nice. Yeah. Um, so... You talk about that uh, mainly from the from the U.S. Mm-hmm. You found that it was sprouting up more there before it came mm-hmm. here. What do you think that you bring to the mix, which is quite unique when it comes to kirtan, and and that people are resonating with so much with mm. you at the moment?
1: I, I, I'm not sure what I bring that's unique. <laughs> I don't know if it's unique. Um, I could say what I do try to be try to really be faithful to what i've been taught what i've right. been given yeah and i try to present it as i guess you know i was once told by a great teacher just just don't get in the way too much you know and i always think about nice. that i just try not to get in the way too much i try to present those teachings and that practice as i don't know if you can use the word purely it always sounds a bit like. <laughs> Don't know, just a bit like uh, uppity or something. But I try, I try to present it in the way that I feel is is faithful to mm-hmm. to its essence. And then, I think I have, um, you know, everyone brings something unique because we all have a unique, um, we mm. all individuals and, and have unique influences and upbringing. So I think, particularly on a um, artistic level, I had a certain influences musically and, hmm. and culturally and
0: who, who have your influences been
1: um well growing up um for a while uh, when i was growing up we weren't allowed to allowed to listen to any pop music or anything but
0: because of your parents or because of the. because of my parents
1: and that, it just wasn't the thing like we were very much like sort of sheltered from mainstream pop culture it was like don't Sing. listen to the radio anything right. like that so i i, I used to, but we used to listen to music um so i used to listen to a lot of classical music mm-hmm. i used to listen to my parents um from my mum's side we like jewish klezmer music yeah, and fun. then celtic music yeah, um Carol King, James Taylor, The Beatles, things of like course. that, and then as I started getting older, I started getting into people like Alicia Keys and yeah. India Ari, different people like that, singer songwriters. Still spiritually
0: based, though, these singers that you've definitely mentioned as well. no,
1: I I gravitated always to people who <clears throat> I found that I didn't really have much of a taste. For stuff that didn't seem to have much substance behind it because yeah. I think when you come from that background you yes. kind of want something that has a bit of a deeper message yeah. at least some of the time.
0: I agree, I agree because as a as a kirtan singer as well yeah. I find you know I, and a music student in general as well yeah. um, I find that especially if I've been in that environment say if I've been in India if I've been in an ashram if I've been at the temple or the yeah. Mandar in Watford or wherever and then if I suddenly turn on the radio and there's something completely banal playing as great as it yeah. might be I might think Oh, to hear this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's like
1: it's interesting some sometimes i like recently i was on the plane and i i just i was so tired but you know when you're on the plane you like tired but you can't sleep because the yeah. seat is uncomfortable i was like okay let me just listen <clears throat> to some different i was just looking on the airplane musics uh yes playlists and i was listening to different stuff just sort of as research just musically I just like to listen to different sounds and hear just yeah just it's it's like picking up um it's like looking at fabrics or images you pick up textures Mm -hmm. and sounds and it's inspiring in in that sense but I think there's so much there's so much music that doesn't necessarily have a lot of um thought into the message that's being communicated I think yeah I'm a little sensitive to that yeah, yeah.
0: and that's an awareness of that then comes through what you're sharing is exactly what you're yeah. saying I know that you don't want to use the word purity or, yeah but um it keeps this sort of intention behind what you're communicating yeah if I would
1: yeah if I don't use the word purity I'd say just a, 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 there's a certain focus that mm. I try to to keep and that is yeah. tends to more towards you know that um, these essential questions of life or things that we all need to explore, yeah. that I, I think we need to explore. Yeah.
0: So you're a, you're a Krishna Bhakt, because yes. of, of your background. Yeah. Um, for our listeners who might not know what that means, um, can you tell us about that and whether or not that um, forms the basis of all of your devotional singing? Or mm-hmm. do you also incorporate other manifestations of the divine in mm. your music too?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, for Krishna Bhaktas, um, we... We follow a text called the Bhagavat Purana or the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is an incredible epic. Is um, that different to the Gita? It's, it's different to the Gita, but they, sort of, they, they work in tandem. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the Bhagavatam, it tells um, stories of the, li- the life of different manifestations, different avatars who have come at different times of, of the divine, um, and also of many uh, great saints and, mm. and devotees. So it's incredibly rich, and it's really I, I love it so much. And so, um, from that text, uh, we understand that that from from Krishna, everything is emanate. Everyone, everything is emanating. And so, Krishna is ultimately. Um, I mean, the name Krishna means the the all attractive one. Mm. So um, Krishna is, uh, as I understand it, not just a particular god or particular deity but krishna is that same one god that we all refer to but yes i do speak of other names in the in the chanting that i do ram and um uh yeah it's um the names are infinite Mm. and um each has a each reflects a particular characteristic or special quality yeah yeah but they but i do for sure i focus on Krishna and his many manifestations. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. People sometimes might assume that um, the Sanskrit words in Kirtan are about specific people, but with Sanskrit, it's more about the energy that it represents or mm-hmm. um, a characteristic, as you say, mm-hmm. both within us and mm-hmm. within
1: the whole of consciousness. So they both have a vibrational power yes. and, and quality. They are, they are the names of sp- specific um, divine beings and that's why they're holding that potency right, yeah. so it's said that they, that the name itself is non-different from the named which is different from in our realm where you really? know if you say if you say Genevieve, but i don't turn up for the interview today i'm not you say my name so many <laughs> times but i'm not going to be here but it said that on the spiritual realm um that that it's different that the vibration hmm. of that sound um is exactly the same as the, yes, the thing itself you know, so the that. person itself yes so yeah yeah it's a it's a powerful thing
0: you mentioned Krishna and you mentioned Ram, Mm -hmm. which are both strong names within what's known as one of the Maha Mantras. Um, What's your favorite mantra, if not the Maha Mantra, um, and what's the meaning of your favorite mantra? And perhaps Mm. you can also tell our listeners what what that particular Maha Mantra might be as well.
1: Yeah, well, you answered the question. You said (laughs) the Maha Mantra. The Maha Mantra is um, the one that I've really, I've grown up with it from, you know, before I was born. Mm And it's extremely dear to me. I I chant it for at least two hours a day um, in the morning, and uh, so in that sense, it's like it's it's like my most dear friend and constant companion, you could say, or try to keep as my constant companion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful meaning. Um, there's three names in it: Hare Krishna and Rama. So um, Hare addresses the. Uh, Divine feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Um, Krishna means that all attractive, all beautiful. Rama means um, like an ocean of bliss. That one who is an ocean of bliss. So, um, but but when put together in that sequence, the mantra is said to be a prayer um, to uh, to that supreme. That please use me as a as an instrument of your grace. Mm. Please engage me in service. And so, I love that it's um, a meditation on. Let me every day be engaged in, in service of mm. everyone I encounter and and of you. Um, it's it's a really beautiful meditation. Yeah. So far I mean,
0: from the Maha Mantra, what would you uh, say is your second favorite mantra?
1: <laughs> My second favorite? That's a hard question because there's so many <laughs> contenders. Um, but one I've been singing uh, just recently uh, quite a bit is... Um, it goes uh, Krishna Keshava, Krishna Keshava, Krishna Keshava, Pahimam, Rama Raghava, Rama Raghava, Rama Raghava, Rakshamam. So, Krishna Keshava and Rama Raghava are also names for divine, and you recognize them from the Maha Mantra. But Pahimam means uh, please sustain me, please nourish me, please mm. maintain me. Um, Rakshamam means please protect me. Mm. So, I, it's a beautiful, I think of it almost like a like an armor or like a shield and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful meditation on where that protection, where that mm, sustenance mm, actually mm. comes from. Um, cause so often we feel like I've got to sort of look after myself. We talk a lot about self care, which yeah. is so important obviously, but, mm. um, there's an understanding as well that there's someone else who is caring, who is offering that yeah. love and that we're not alone in this journey of life. Yeah. Yes.
0: So is Kirtan, would you say Kirtan's part of your religious expression or is it something beyond that for you?
1: Hmm. Well, as I understand it, the word religion um, is said to come from the word religio, which is uh, not, not a Sanskrit word, religio. <laughs> I believe it's Greek or Latin. I've, I've, I can't remember now. Um, but it really has the same meaning as yoga, to bind back, to to connect with God. Oh, wow. yeah. And so um, well, we often say the word religion like a, almost as like a... Well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Um, but as I understand, religion is those practices, those things that we do that have some structure, that have some form mm. that connect us with God. So in that sense, for sure, uh, kirtan is is my religious expression. But okay. it's also, I'd say, kirtan the the word the Sanskrit word kirtan means to praise, to glorify. Mm. So in that sense, it's also a way of life because I try to. It's not just when you sit down and sing mantras, but it's also trying to live your life in such a way, uh, trying to live my life in such a way that I'm offering praise to, mm. to God with, with everything that I do and, mm. uh, you know, trying. Trying mm. is being the operative word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say to those who feel like Kirtan might not be for them because of their religious
1: beliefs? Hmm. Well, I would say Kirtan itself, um, whilst it may not be a manifestation that comes in the, in the Sanskrit language, is present in most spiritual, most religious traditions mm. in that singing songs in glory of God, glorification mm. of God yes. is common to yeah. all traditions. So you don't have to participate in this type of kirtan to yes. do kirtan. Yes. Um, at the same time, that said, participating in it, um, you know, if, if, if one digs a bit deeper, you'll see it's not a conflict because within the kirtan tradition, it's, it's you know, asserted that we're not uh, praising different gods we're praising what the one god mm. by different names so you know if you know a name of god and you like to say that name of yeah. god then say that name yeah. but if you don't do you don't then say this yeah. one and it's I, th- I think the beautiful thing about it is that you don't have to ascribe to a particular belief system to to take part in it and just mm. to experience it mm. Mm. and everyone's free to to have their own experience and see if you know do i connect with this or not and yes. if you don't it's fine but by and large, I see that many, many people do. And I've seen that um, across the world, actually. Mm. I, know, um, I know that my friend runs... So, Kirtan London has sister projects all yes. around the world, about yeah. 13 different cities. Mm-hmm. So, a friend of mine um, runs Kirtan Dubai. Mm-hmm. And he, he has so many people from different backgrounds, mm. Muslim, Sikh, mm. um, Christian, coming to the events... Mm-hmm and he says you know they practice their own religions yes. and they come to kirtan yes. and they don't find any conflict i think that's, that's so beautiful
0: yeah definitely yeah um because kirtan's about you know bringing people yes okay through music and mm-hmm. and through through singing but bringing everyone into that same vibration of consciousness. Yes. Which brings that togetherness, yes. which which I feel, you know, I love that from from exactly how you said, like gospel music, I can yeah, really enjoy totally. gospel music, I can yeah. enjoy stadiums full of people singing anything. Yes. But there's that togetherness yes. in there, even if yes. it's a football match when everyone, yeah, you know, all yeah. the lads are chanting. Yeah. And, you yeah, know they for have me. Exactly. For me, I feel like it, it really is part of the same and, and when people get to experience that um, from what you sing in kirtan can yeah. you tell us perhaps for our listeners who might be confused about the difference between kirtan mm-hmm. and satsang or do you feel like there isn't really a difference mm.
1: well um, satsang could have kirtan in it or you mm. could call a kirtan a satsang satsang uh, means means to come together mm. to connect on an uplifting level You know, uh, that may be um, a philosophical discourse it may mm. be coming together to have a discussion it mm. may be eating blessed food together mm. um so it may not be kirtan so they're kind of somewhat interchangeable terms mm. um and so yeah
0: and um you already asked, answered this actually my question was going to be about how do you think you can attract greater diversity at kirtan events mm. and also for our listeners you know seeing the role of of course with with mbs and our Wellbeing festival mm. you know how what is the role of kirtan and, and being involved in something like that with regard to our own sense of well-being, yeah, maybe creating that link for people.
1: Well, I could say I believe that kirtan is is medicine mm. that is much needed, and I've I've read that in books, you know, yes. sacred texts, but I had to experience it myself to be able to say that with confidence that yes. I believe it. Right. I believe that's what it is, and um, have you experienced yourself
0: that? through anything because of it?
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, could you share I think, share
0: something with our
1: listeners? I think some of the some of the most powerful ways I've experienced it to be effective are at those times when you feel the rug gets pulled from under your feet mm. and you just don't know mm. where else to turn. So sometimes somebody passes away and it's just a devastating situation, and in that time. As a community, we come together d- and do kirtan, and it's it's incredibly profound. Mm. And you see how this mm. deep healing is taking place. Um, it's cathartic, and it's also just a balm. It's so soothing and so uplifting. Mm. And then also just you know what we would call as more minor things. You know, nobody's died, but it's a relationship yeah. breakup or it's, um, yeah, it's something a mini where death some it's a mini sort, yeah. death. Something where you know you're just having to shed it's it's throughout life as we've been saying you know we have many different chapters we're always shedding mm. things trying to learn how to let go detach mm. from that which doesn't serve us and kirtan itself is a it's a cleansing practice it's said even in the ancient texts that the heart is like a, it's like a mirror uh, that gets covered with dust over many many um, lifetimes, mm. and so kirtan is like water that's just cleansing that dust away, so you can see who you truly are. Mm. And I, I I experience it like that. I think it's a, uh, it's connective. It's connecting us with our truest essence, our truest self, and that feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels good, you know. Yeah. Even if yeah. you don't know what's going on, it's yeah. like you know if you if you drink a you know a really healthy juice or something you might not know exactly what's in it but it just you just <laughs> know good. okay I feel yeah. good I feel good yeah
0: so there are some schools of thought that say that you have to chant the mantras exactly specifically or it's central mental. Yeah. and then you've got other schools of thoughts that are like doesn't matter what you're singing just sing along you know whatever yeah. whatever it goes just do what you can yeah um what's your take on this and what would you recommend as a good yeah thing it's a
1: great question well there's yeah, there's two schools of thought uh, with regard to Sanskrit, particularly, yes. as, you've, as you've mentioned, and um, particularly in, I could say, thousands of years ago, there was a lot more emphasis on correct pronunciation mm. being the thing that was, you know, leading to transcendence. Like, mm. if you don't, sort of like Harry Potter, you know, if you don't say the incantation exactly <laughs> right, then the thing won't happen. Um, and there used to be a great emphasis on that um, pristine pronunciation. Yes. But in the time we live in now, um, which is which was predicted by um, you know, great sages and mystics, they said that at this time kirtan is is the way and it's like, just do it, you know. Yeah. Like, if you pronounce it a bit wrong, it's all good. Yeah. It's really about the heart. It's bhakti is about the heart's intention ultimately mm-hmm. and and so, um, of course, it's not a bad thing to try and pronounce things correctly. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with that. Very it's
0: beautifully diplomatically yeah, friendly Genevieve. <laughs> well, it shows it
1: shows that you care. You know, yeah. if you care about someone, you'll want to pronounce their name correctly because yeah. it's like you you're showing that you care about yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and you'll ask, you know, how do I say this yes. right? But it's not that. Um, it's not that. It's nothing's gonna work and nothing's gonna happen if you yeah say something a little bit wrong not at all
0: and the ones that you sing and that you share Mm -hmm. are these ones that um you've learned along your journey or are they ones that you also write and compose and and create and put together yourself Mm. as well
1: great question well traditional mantras which i i would chant um which are definitely things that i've learned the idea is that with a a mantra that it holds its potency um, partially by the fact that it's passed down in a in a pure way mm. from teacher to to student for you know in an unbroken chain. So you say
0: that this is what what charges the mantra and, and gives them their powers. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, because you're receiving it from somebody that understands the depth of its meaning mm. and who can tell you about that. Mm. Um, so so I, I share ones that I've that I've learned, um, but then kirtan on as as a on a broader level is as i said about praise and so um just as anyone can write you know a gospel song or just a a, a beautiful song that Mm. speaks to god Mm. then sometimes i compose things either you know with english lyrics or um lately i've also been taking um like a a verse from a sacred text Mm. and as a way of putting a spotlight on that verse because i think it's a really beautiful verse Sometimes I'll set it to music and find an element of it that can become like a chorus or a refrain, mm. as a way of yeah, just drawing attention to that, that that text as well. Yeah. So I mentioned that the, the Bhagavatam earlier, so there's a song, um, uh, which is, my, people might have heard, uh, called May All Be Blessed Hari Om. That I, I, I made with a with a verse from the Bhagavatam, which is yeah, it's it's beautiful. So is
0: this the book that you're using for your for your verses and, and for that?
1: frequently yes but yeah. they come from many different uh, sources but that one has um i don't even know i can't remember the, ha- the number of verses it's yeah. it's in the tens of thousands so yeah. there's a lot to yeah there's a lot That's to a work good, with good,
0: uh, content pool exactly exactly so you wrote your last album or you released your last album five years ago which is yeah. like a river to the don't sea don't remind me it was so long ago <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it doesn't feel like that long ago as well It's this mm. is this mixture of both being ages ago and also not so long ago or? yeah
1: in some ways it doesn't feel ago ago because I still I still hear it around and I still um, I love those songs and things but it was a chapter ago so you know I feel like I was I I actually started it in 2012 so it's a long time ago that it it even began its life and so yeah
0: that's actually where I corrected myself because I know that it's one thing to release one Mm. but especially these albums which are very steeped in in devotion and expression of something beyond a subtle and beyond a surface level experience
1: yeah
0: can take a long time to come to fruition in a way that then is going to be played again and again and again it's different to something yeah. which is very much in the moment mm. and of course could be recorded but mm. it's unique to that moment
1: yeah to just touch on something you just <laughs> said that one one reason I, I wouldn't say it just took a long, long time because it was so you know incredibly profound or something but I, I, it just was the first time i'd ever done an album <laughs> and t- to be plain i i had many different challenges and wrong turns and you know budget issues and things like that which made delays i had problems with my voice a lot toward the end um so it took a long time because of that Um, and also i think i had a desire to put a lot of my musical um inspiration that had previously just been in my head um Mm -hmm. into uh you know manifest manifest form um, with not much confidence whether I could or should be doing that um, yeah. but now I think I have a b- bit more confidence about the process and um, good, good. I've been doing I've been doing mostly yeah all live stuff for many years now but I'm really hoping this year to put out something finally although the album as a as a format has has died a little bit in the years since I've <laughs> put that one out it's sort of like people put out singles and yeah. EPs now because of the streaming yeah. um, sort of way of listening to music. Yeah. But either, whatever format it is, yeah. I definitely am going to be putting out new things.
0: I think with regard to Kirtan mm-hmm. and, uh, and Satsangs and these sorts of events mm. that people are becoming more and more in line with and attending more and more, what would you mm. like to see on the global stage with regard to the way Kirtan is going? What would you like to see? What would you envision for the wow. next stage?
1: I think in terms of reach and, and and breadth, I'd love to just see more and more people who are accessing kirtan in mm. whatever way that is because I think, I, I believe that it's something that is approachable for most people mm. um, if they're open-minded mm-hmm. and anyone can try it and, as I said, have an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of um, yeah, what uh, I envision, I think some really... Um, Large scale like I mean I'm not I'm not a large scale person necessarily I don't dream of like mega big things with me on a huge stage. <laughs> but when I think of um, the power of a mass of voices coming together, mm. um, you know like if you have like Glastonbury, you know yeah. the pyramid stage and you have everybody yeah. I, I watched this um I watched uh, on TV one t- one one day recently it was they were um, screening Dolly Partons performance at Glastonbury (laughs) and I was like wow like all these people all knew the words to her songs they're all singing at the same time and you you see there's a real there were people crying in the audience I was like there's a power to just being together Together. singing together yeah so I think um that in itself has a potency but imagine you know if it was mantra if it was kirtan it's it would be just incredible and actually it has happened in different ways in previous decades um uh but it's I think there's a there's a new realm to, to reach um, yeah. in today's world and I'd be excited to see what will what will manifest definitely
0: I love that it is becoming more and more a feature of of, um, of big festivals you know that yeah. um, Beyonce that released that um, homecoming film last right. year of her performance at Coachella which right. for me I watched it with goosebumps because for me it was just like a huge satsang right just being <laughs> in the presence of this amazing yeah. movie, making people feel a certain way and connecting to what she's saying even yeah. if it's not mantra yeah. me I I would say that Kirtan has really made its mark when it's the um, the halftime show at Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can, you wow, can you imagine? That's billions of people watching oh it my God. and this huge ecstatic performance of Mantra and Kirtan. I think, I think that's like oh, the way I'm just. A I, hope, I would love. That I to hope be you the case are like visionary a of
1: psychic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you have you uh, heard of Kanye's Sunday services? I'm obsessed with it because yeah. it's gospel, like I said, it's gospel. and it's incredible. and what
0: say what you want about Kanye. I'm um using that word purist again. I liked his original yeah. stuff, so I'm loyal. Yeah, <laughs> and I know I know that that goodness is there in him, even yeah. though he took a bit of a turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that he's bringing it back to back to yeah. this because again, I think gospel is another form of kirtan it's Absolutely. just from, people do what they can with what Absolutely. they've been exposed to, and that's what they've been Absolutely. To, so and it's it's you shout. know
1: it's different kind of well, there's a river a river of devotion and it has different tributaries of different yeah. languages it's that that same river is flowing within and I find that really inspiring yeah that that's going on it's amazing i mean even yeah.
0: uk artists like stormzy
1: totally you know, oh my stormzy. god oh yeah <laughs> i'm so not like i'm like probably the last person people would expect to be into like grime or something but yeah. i no, actually Stormzy's saw him I, I i got the opportunity to go to this um charity event a friend was involved with the organization and she just said come with me and he was performing there and um
0: did you do by blinded by your grace
1: he did. and I, I have a
0: playlist which has Stormzy Blonde by Grace, <laughs> yeah. immediately followed by Christian Durs by Your Grace. And I'm like, yes, this is, this is everything I've been exposed to. This is what I love. This is my love. That
1: song is so beautiful. And yes. I, I just had goosebumps the whole way through. I just, I yeah. loved it. I loved it. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah.
0: Janavi, perhaps you can tell
1: people where they can find you and your work and your music. Sure, sure. Sure. Um, so as as all sort of modern artists now can be usually found <laughs> on most streaming platforms um so spotify mm-hmm. and all of the usuals so yeah social media instagram um and then there's quite a lot on youtube as well i've probably got less official videos on youtube than there are unofficial I'm stuff sure that people have filmed sure. and put up so if you put my name in there's there's, there's a hun- tons of stuff Um, and then I have a website Mm -hmm. janavimusic.com
0: Janavi, could you perhaps share something with our listeners, a little snippet of something so that they get to really experience you and and a little bit of what you have to offer
1: Sure, I'd love to Um, This is a beautiful prayer from the Bhagavad Purana that is a a blessing for everyone all over the world to experience peace, good fortune um, and, and joy Svastya stu vishwasya kalaprasidatam Dhyan tu bhutani Shivam mitodhia Manashta bhadram Bajata da dokshaje Aveshtam Haddy on, that set, Haddy on, Haddy on, Haddy on, that set, Haddy on. Wow, that was beautiful, Genevieve. Thank, Thank you.
0: you so much. Thank you that does bring us to the end of our podcast today I feel like we could talk for hours but thank you so much for taking the time out for coming and meeting us in London today thank um, you for our recording yeah thank you for more information about the Wellbeing Festival visit mindbodyspirit.co.uk I've been your host Marvini Bias and this episode was produced by Josh Roberts and our sound engineer Erin Millican thanks for listening and we'll be back very soon